So, Kung Fu. Did you ever see that show when you were like a kid? Kung yeah. Fu with David Carradine. Like the from dude Kill from Bill? Bill. From the dude from Kill Bill. No, Speaking of my friend Bill. Ha <laughs> ha, oh, my friend Bill. So, <clears throat> David Carradine was in this show, which was on TV for three seasons, like a Western. What year are we talking about? The, we're talking like 60s, late 60s, early. It would have had to have been late 60s. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up because um, I'm about to do that podcast on 68, and I'm doing this thing. like This one author I'm, I'm uh, reading about uh, with that book in there, the... Um, he goes into this big thing about like popular television shows, so like Gunsmoke and like Andy Griffith, and these shows are on TV, uh, and like these are the most popular things. What people were doing because they were so like disenchanted with the Vietnam War situation and the domestic situation, and the international situation. But I, it, it had to have been late sixties. But the rumor is that Bruce Lee came up with the entire concept for Kung Fu, which is depicted as this Asian guy in the American West going searching for his family that got like banned from the Buddhist temple. Crazy story. And um, he comes to the West and, but Bruce Lee came up with this concept allegedly and they wouldn't cast him because he was Asian. Hmm. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of that? Hmm. Interesting. Also, that's kind of the rumor, like the, the racism part is why, um, he, did you ever watch any of the old Green Hornet shows? They no, debuted on like Adam West Batman back in the day. I did not. Yeah. So, Game of Thrones, bro. Season 8 theories. I mean, the Night King wins in my theory. And then he wards Bran back to the when they created him and stops it. Stopping Wild Walkers. At what point do you think that he goes back to when the ice was getting plummeted into his heart or? Probably at that moment mm. that they've shown. Unless they show another moment of it being, of it happening or when they're capturing him or something. Because it shows that he can do stuff in the past when he calls out to his dad. You know, yeah, I know. That, that really was a game changer for me. Um when Ned, like young Ned hears the voice because that like that is like I guess that's pre before you know that um, there's like a time travel element with Hodor right or that hasn't been revealed so that's the first time you kind of learn that like the different timelines can interact with each other well that changes everything and the fact that they start bringing people back to life changes everything that changes it Everything. Well, see, like, did you follow along on the Wikipedia or on um, the books? Because I've listened to a lot of the audio book um, from the first one. Okay, so those temples, side note, those temples, okay, the pillars around those temples are tuned to be played. Well, How the fuck did they do that? Like, what do you mean tuned to be played? They're in key, bro. So we're looking at like some Thai, you're I guess. Is that in Thailand, huge, right? You're looking at a huge instrument. They just discovered this not too long ago. I'm going to have to look that up. I can't look it up. I feel like I could look it up now, but like I'm a little sketch on looking up things on the Mac because I'm using the Mac to record. It's supposed but we're to, looking at... It's um, supposed to sound like one of their instruments they play. 
like a drum or like something. Like is it that that I feel like that's in Thailand. That looks so. like a scene it's, like it's, an image out of like it's kickboxer. An Asian, it's an Asian temple for sure. So check this out. Um I want to say I know that they found several of these in Vietnam, but they found them elsewhere in um East Asian countries, Southeast Asian countries. So have you seen like the position that um a lot of like the golden Buddhist monk statues kind of sit in like that, like either like a full lotus and, and, or like there's, there's different positions where like you would basically, if I understand it correctly, certain Buddhist monks that are, they're, they're meditating and they die while meditating in these certain Sweet. positions. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi, bro. <clears throat> Spoiler alert. But um, that what they found in the Vietnam War is uh, they, they started finding some of these statues that had been um, covered up to make look like mud and not gold was one thing. And then once they found that out, they were scanning them and found out that in like entombed on the inside of the gold was like one of those monks that died in that position and they like coded it coated the uh, person with the gold and then when the Vietnam War happened so that all that stuff didn't get robbed and stolen and, How did they and stuff they, gold they made it like... look like just like a normal statue instead of a gold statue I don't know like Game of Thrones style speak of the they devil just dip them? Like, or just pour it on them like that's weird I don't know how is that temple an instrument I don't know why is anything anything how, did the, how do you tune a pillar how? A granite pillar and you're going to tune it to sound like an instrument you play? Yeah. What is uh So <clears throat> I know you watch a lot of um, documentaries and whatnot, and, and so, so do I. I'm like a little Nat Geo time, you know? A lot of ancient alien documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of History Channel, <laughs> a lot of Discovery Channel, a lot of Nat Geo. Yeah. Uh, and then, too, like we, I feel like we both watch a lot of documentaries and, like, non-traditional you know, methods of consuming information. But, uh, indeed. So, what's your thoughts on like how they cut like intricate stone carvings and things like that? Aliens, bro. Ancient astronaut theorists. Ancient astronauts. Yes. So, you think like, do you think like alien technology? Because, like, that's the big thing is even to me, like, I don't know a whole lot about um, cutting stone. But it does like how some of the angles are created. It's like, and how big the cut would have had to been. I don't see how they could have sheared it or chiseled it or anything. Lasers. Laser. I mean, nobody's attempted to recreate it or have recreated it by hand since then because they've deemed it impossible. From what I've seen. No, my information could be wrong. Yeah, you know, like, I, I would really like to talk to, like, a geologist about, uh, and I, I'm going to go back and listen to some of the Graham Hancock episodes on Joe Rogan, because he's on there with this guy uh, several times, and I forget the dude's name, I always space on his name, I have to um, double check, but he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast with Graham Hancock at least a couple of times, and um, he's he's kind of like a geology expert, and it would be interesting to see some their take on things. Working with stone from the earth, especially, is very hard, man. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting, too, to me, that the pyramids 
were once like like a mirror. Like um, I, I I read some accounts about how um, that you, when you would arrive um, in the valley, like at the Gaza Strip, that it was like I mean they're talking a couple like a few thousand years ago, more than a couple thousand years, I would imagine that it um, basically would blind you, like the reflection coming off the pyramids on the Giza plateau. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it was like... And I just, I actually just saw, uh, like, why I was, like, it was on my mind. It's like, I I read that, so I took a seminar on ancient Egypt uh, in in undergraduate school, uh, like, when I was getting my uh, bachelor's degree uh, over um, ancient Egypt. And when we're talking about, like, um, New Kingdom and Old Kingdom, like, that was the two periods. And, like, we went all the way, like, past Alexander the Great. It was a really cool class. And, uh, I went actually all the way to Napoleon discovering the uh, Rosetta Stone in Egypt, which then I loop back to when I took the French Revolution class. So that's a really interesting story how like Egypt pops up into like history, like far after the New Kingdom. You know, it's like it comes into like Greek possessions, Alexander the Great and all this. So, and that's how that Greek language, they evolved like this, like Greek, uh, like ancient Egyptian hybrid language. And then into maybe Greek. I can't remember the third language, but that's how they were tra- able to unlock the key to some of the hieroglyphics we were able to decipher. Hmm. Is the Greek, the Ptolemaic pharaohs, were the Ptolemies were these Greek, this Greek family, essentially like a royal family of Alexander the Great and like his army. And when they passed through Egypt, he, like, installed them there to, like, run that part of his empire. And they used their language as, like, the middle transition on the Rosetta Stone to, from between hieroglyphics and, I guess, I guess Greek. I don't know. I guess it was, like, a weird Greek. I would have to look the, a lot of this stuff up. I haven't, I haven't read about it in a long time. But I'm, at, I'm about to be teaching, which I, I doubt I touch much on Egypt because I'm on 15... I'm, t- I'm about to teach a, a class, uh, World Civ Two, and it's 1500 to present. I just found out what book I'm using today. So. Hmm. So you have like a guideline you gotta go off of. Yeah, they actually said they even had my syllabus. I was like, oh, cool. Based off the book, I don't know, but uh, I'm excited about it. Like, I, I actually called them. I was like, hey. So they give you the lesson to teach and everything? No, not so much. Like, it's more like here's the book and here's how many weeks are in the period. Like, when they said they had the syllabus, I didn't know. I don't know what really that entails. I was planning on making my own syllabus. And I, I've kind of got how I'm going to do the course based off how some of my like mentors did their courses and stuff. I've been talking with my professor, uh, like, you know, friends and, you know, people I've worked with in the past. And, like, I several of my friends are adjuncts. Or professors already, so they're just like you know, it tech or elsewhere, and helping me out with with any questions I would have or, or content. And it's just like I wasn't really planning on teaching world history, which I'm pumped about it. And then like, but I would rather really teach ancient ancient world history, like World Civ One, like Cradle of Civilization, Old Kingdom, Egyptian history type stuff. That's where all the fascination is. My fascination is, anyways, you know. History gets so scattered after a certain period of time, so many years. 
Um, I was re-listening to the Paul Stamets Joe Rogan today. Did you watch that one? The Mushroom Guy. Uh, With the conch hat. His hat was made of a mushroom, but he was talking about how mushrooms were like a thread of knowledge in which, um, I mean, this guy had fascinating theories. Okay, now we're looking at a NASA image of the day. Hubble sees galaxy cluster warping space and time. Very interesting. So I got I have, I have Google Chrome, and I have a, I have, this, I have the TV and the podcast. So we're just sitting here watching screensaver. Supposed to be talking about Game of Thrones, but some, <laughs> somehow we got off on ancient astronaut theorist and cutting stone. But uh, so the Night King. In in your scenario, yeah, kind of uh, kind of wargs back in through time, but uh, everybody dies, and it's just them two left. Like they'll hide him, they'll hide Brand somewhere, they'll stash him somewhere, you know, and he'll be the last person that's got to. And he won't kill him, but he'll like stick his finger, you know, like in his brain or something, you know, whatever he does to turn. Yeah, I mean, still, I feel like we haven't even been shown. Do you feel like it's been like the full extent of the Night King's powers have been revealed? No. He's making the dragon breathe fire without even saying that was That was kind of a game changer, how he just... That was was probably the most intense episode of last season. Winner's ear, bro. Spoiler alert. So, let's talk about the Ned Stark thing. You know, the more I think about it, the more I think he is uh, a faceless man. He might not even be who uh, took Arya in, but he knows that guy. Do you think it's possible that Jock and... I know. I know. We talked about Jockin being Ned Stark. Jockin is the first one. He was the man who learned the skills and taught another man the skills, and he, they kept his face. And I saw a lot of people like buzz online about there being a Jockin Ned duality or whatever. But my theory would not be so much in line with that as much as that if Ned were still alive, that he was. The dancing master. The dancing master. I gotta, I, I gotta go back and look on season one. So we need to do a season one through seven review. But I, are Ned and the dancing master ever on screen at the Together, same time? Yeah. Okay, so then that the, can't, you're talking that can't about be her true. Sword yeah, teacher. her her sword teacher. That's the, why the water dancer that's or whatever he says the one true god is death, and then. Ned's standing right there. I'm pretty so sure. That, so the water dancing guy could be Jockin then. Do you think? Mm, What's the uh, connection there? There's got to be like, I don't... Both I, from Bravos. That was a, that was a that's, coincidence. That's the only connection I get is they're both from Bravos. I, I, don't, I, I don't know too much about the connection other than that. Um, that's a fascinating concept though like as soon as you were like hey what do you think about the idea 
that Ned Stark could be alive. I was like, what? It, what? And then I was like, well, you know, the more you look into it and like when you go back and watch the episode and you know, it's just like as the seasons in, in the, in the show goes on, you see the potential of like the, and, and, it, and then in the books too, kind of some of the, the magic aspect that goes on. Cause in the books, they bring back Catelyn. Mm-hmm. Lady Stoneheart. Well, I think she's something like a zombie. She's just walking around like slitting Frey's throats. And yeah, because Beric, Beric Bondarian brought her back too late. She'd already started decomposing. So apparently, and two, and if I'm not mistaken, in the books, when Beric Bondarian brings her back, she's decomposing, and that's when he gives up his light or whatever. His ability to bring anyone else back, or his ability to bring himself back. Did we talk about that? Hmm. So, someone, someone turned me on to that idea, and I was like, I, or, or I might have just been reading about Barry Dondarrion because they went into his character more in season seven. And um, that's one thing about the show that kind of annoys me is Barry Dondarrion, since that episode um, where he fought the Hound and around that in that season, mm-hmm. which I guess like probably was season four. Um, uh, no, maybe. Well, oh yeah, it's because it's before uh, Arya. Goes to Bravos. Yes. So, so yeah, that's four or five. When the Hound kills him and the uh, the Red Priest or whatever brings him back, mm-hmm. that Beric Dondarrion's the same all the way through. But like in like season one, when Ned Stark sends Beric Dondarrion yeah, out, it's a different it's dude. A different dude that they, yeah, they've changed a bunch of people. A bunch of people. Yeah. Oh, there's been four mountains, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there's several mountains. Like it was really confusing the first time I watched. I thought there was more uh, Cleganes, and then you just told me no, they traded characters. I was like, there's all kinds of Cleganes just fucking running all over the place. Here's another Easter egg. Tommen of House Baratheon. They so do you remember the car starks? Like remember how Rob chopped off that dude's head? Have I told you that? Yeah, they like killed the, him and they just brought him back so to the king. Those two little bitty Lannister boys, like yeah. they 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 killed. One of those is Tom and Baratheon, the actor that plays Tom and Baratheon. Yeah. I'm just like, how are you going to use him? Kill him, then bring him back as he the king of the he, show. He essentially plays two Lannisters. Yeah, you think about it, he's not even Baratheon. That is true. So that's even worse. Here we are with the with the Lannister weirdness again. Um, Targaryens. Oh, the Lannisters we know might be Targaryens. I think that the theory that Tyrion is a um, Targaryen is is super plausible for multiple reasons. I think that's going to be revealed in season eight, and I think that Tyrion might even ride a dragon. In season eight, what do you think? Maybe, I, I can't see him being in battle. He'll probably be hiding with Bran. Well, so okay, so one of the theories out there is that Bran is gonna is gonna die yeah, while warging a dragon, yeah. fighting the Night King on the Ice Dragon, yeah. and uh, so. I kind of thought about that too. It would seem like Tyrion might stay back if there is like a battle for Winterfell against the Night King and his army. Do you do you think that Tyrion's going to be with Bran? And if that's the case, who who all who all is going to die in the first few episodes? Oh, of, and okay. there's only going to be six episodes, okay. right? The first couple to go is going to be like Pod, 
insert Braun, and they're going to save, like, you know, the Jamie and all the main characters for last. What I like, I like the kind of um, little clip they've given of Jamie, like, riding off, uh, leaving King's Landing. With it snowing. Yeah. Winter's here, bro. I'm super pumped about that season. Be, so, like, what... Do you? Th I know that's the bummer, but I will say there's lots. It better of, be worth it. There's lots of good stuff in the meantime. I'm there's, hoping they're just like, "Sack, we've got another season coming." Well, I wouldn't be surprised. See, like I like what Star Wars is doing right now. So, for example, are they still going backwards? Or are they going? Well, like, I, I haven't figured that out yet. It depends. It depends on what. It depends on what part of the canon you subscribe to. Okay, so basically there's like this all this fan stuff that was written before Disney bought Star Wars. And the reason like all the Star Wars fans are whinging right now is because of they are like, well, there were all these books and all the stories that came out. Um, and I've actually been looking into them, um, some of the Luke and Leia stories from like the trilogy that came out like in your parents' generation, like A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, like the original three movies from the 70s and 80s. Samuel Jackson. Aren't they bringing his character back? I don't know. Mace Windu, isn't that his character? That is his character. So you've never you've never seen Star Wars? No, but I'd fascinating. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, somebody made a super funny joke and I think that they were, that, that what they were saying, like, uh, I shared this video on Facebook yesterday where these like kids are out like on this plane, like not an airplane, like a, like a plane, like a valley, a plane, big yeah. plane. Yeah. So, uh, and there's like all this water and they're catching these huge snakes, bro. And, uh, I just like a crazy video and I shared it and then, um, this uh, the, this buddy uh, the uh, guy that comes into the gym's uh, wrestling coach at U of O, and um, he's like, "I'm so sick of these MFN snakes on this MFN plane," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I see what you did there." <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Indeed. They yeah. Well, so there is a theory circulating out there that um, so so Samuel uh, Samuel Jackson was like chopped up. Uh, chopped down or electrocuted I forget in episode 3 when Anakin Skywalker turns to dark side and becomes Darth Vader by the Emperor the guy that gets killed in the very in the 1983 Return of the Jedi did you so, see what Deep Blue Sea did to him they ate him yeah bro. dude that's, a, that's a good movie fucking ate him that's a good movie. I dig. I dig that with yeah, Tom Jane. Tom Jane, who's in Deep Blue Sea, is really good. And like, cause I know that everybody's been talking. Somebody like two people at the gym mentioned today that new Punisher series on Netflix. Um, but Tom Jane in two thousand four, two thousand six was in the Punisher movie with John Travolta. And John Travolta was in the party. There's a handful of other really good actors. This guy, he was in 310 to Yuma, and he was the Archangel in the X-Men movies. He was in it. Um, yeah, there was a Punisher movie. It's really good. And then they came you out with who it. Who else is in the X-Men movies? John McAvoy, bro. Split. Dude, when I found out that was a sequel to Unbreakable, I mean, I, you're one of the first, one of the first people. Motherfucking Shyamalan. 
should have seen. Well, I didn't hard. even know that. It's hard to see what's coming in his movies. It's just like, hey, everything's over here. Bow, just fucked you right in the ass. Didn't even see it coming. What? Uh, what are some of your favorite movies that that dude's done? Other than you know, uh, I can't really just think. I, of I like Signs. I was about to Six say Sense. Six Sense was good. What about I've that uh, Lady in the Water Six movie? Cents. Was super weird. Seen six cents, bro. What? Yeah. Haley Joe Osment. No. The AI kid, the bro. Lady, lady in the Water. I might have seen that. The one. Village. It was like a one, two time watcher. For like, me. I can't even think of him not showing a lot of movies. Let me look some up because I feel like he's got a bunch that I really like that I can't think of. Him not Shyamalan. Dude, he looks crazy. Indeed, he does. I like how he's always in his own movies too. Because he was in, um, he was in Split. I didn't it's even like know the it. Zookeeper or something. He's I believe. In, I mean, dude, he's done so many movies. I mean, Unbreakable. I loved it. You know, The Village. It was really weird. I really like Joaquin Phoenix. The Happening. That was pretty wild. With Mark Wahlberg. I think See, I never movie. saw that movie. Where, uh, <coughs> the, the trees are putting off something in there, making people kill themselves in all kinds of crazy ways. Dude, there was I an episode of Black Mirror like that that blew my mind. Where these these bees bore into people's like brain, and but they're not even real bees. They're um, like um, like these clone IED. No, not IED. I guess they, I don't know. I forget what they call them. They're drone bees, though. But they can reproduce by, like, 3D, 3D printing other bees. Because all the bees in the world have gone extinct. It is. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the glass thing, I can't wait for that to come out. To see how it's all going to tie in together. With uh, what's his name? Yeah, Mr. Glass, Mr. Samuel Glass. Jackson. That's how we yeah. got on this. Yeah, like what he's got to do with both of them dudes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the theory is, is that Mace Windu might be Snoke. Snow Snoke is the bad guy in Return of the Jedi, and that's like, like a fan theory circulating out there. But um, so like, what Star Wars is doing, and what I think Game of Thrones is going to do on HBO is um like i like i think they're gonna give us things to keep us going like and i i, I want to i want to look into this you ever did you ever watch breaking bad they already have given us things to keep exactly i mean there's so many different points of history and places and time that game of thrones can hit on i mean there's there's different lands different worlds what's beyond well and i I think they're going to tell some of those stories so like star wars when they relaunched the franchise came out with episode seven the force awakens with like harrison ford and like the all original cast and it's like oh my god then one year later they come out with a prequel movie then they just came out with the last jedi and then in several months from now they're going to come out with the star uh star wars han solo movie and then at the and then two years from now they're going to come out with the third installment of the trilogy. But then they're going to come out with the first installment of this Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy. So it's like they keep God, you going like damn. a happy little consumer. Yeah. And I think that I think I think that uh, what I've heard the most about chattering online is this idea of like I, 
I, I think that they could. There's a potential to do so many spinoffs. It's its own universe now. Is uh, and that's like with the Star Wars. It's its own universe, and the, the fans are divided on what universe they subscribe to because Disney was like, "We're not accepting any of your previous universe. We're rewriting it." Like so, like the director of this movie that just came out, re he wrote that story. So that's the thing is like they're taking this in this other direction that a lot of the fans aren't really happy with because they've read these other stories and they didn't pull from them. Like these fan books and stuff, which I mean, are, they kind of do that with comics and shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, they fan just books, like, I mean, I mean what, like Batman, it's, it's been like strange. several different sort of plot, plot arcs. I mean, it's all Batman, yeah. but it's like, like dark, dark Knight Batman versus, um, Michael Keaton. Well, what would be, um, or Val Kilmer? Well, like, know? yeah. Or like how they did like the Maybe. Batman beyond ca cartoon, like when we were probably like teenagers or something like that. Like they've gone like all yeah, these different sort of directions. That. It's all kind of really depressing noir type stuff, but it's like the Batman takes on different, like in some of them, he's the Batman. And some of them, like, you get more Bruce Wayne, and some of them, he's older, and some of them, he's, like, young. That's and what they're doing with Ben Affleck right now. Is Dude, that, I he's hate Ben Affleck I do, that, too. Man. He's perfect for O'Banion and Days Getting Confused because he's such a douchebag, though. That's yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird, like, how, like, I've never... Real, I don't know. I, I like, I guess, a few of his movies. Do you like any of his movies? I just can't think of anything like off the top of my head where I'm just like, damn, you know, I love that movie a lot. No, other than Dazed and Confused. What else? You name a movie. You can't because he's a dude. I mean, okay, so <laughs> I kind of liked him in Gone Girl, right? Or, um, I've never seen it. It's pretty good. I mean, but it's like it's. I say I say that, but I'm probably is it good because he's in it. I know I'm probably. Okay. In, it's just kind of a good. It's like a, a plot twist or it's whatever. It's a good movie. And I'm probably never going to watch it again, and I can't really tell you about it, so it must not have been that good. Exactly. Um, he was in that movie Pearl Harbor with Cuba Gooding Jr., okay, who yeah. needed a bigger part. See, I've seen the movie, but. I don't remember him being in it. He's like the main <laughs> but character. I do remember Cuba Gooding Jr. I know, dude, because like, isn't it? Uh, so and yeah, like, remember on Team like America Tyler or something? And she like, yeah, that? she's definitely in it. Right? Do, do you remember Team America when they had that song? World Police. I need you like Cuba Gooding Jr. needs a bigger part. It's <laughs> a song in Team America, dude. I, man, that's one of my favorite movies, but I hadn't seen it. I, I, dude, I need to rewatch it, man. Matt Damon. Dude. Speaking of Ben Affleck, Matt, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in a ton of a ton of movies together. Yeah, him and them and uh, Harvey Weinstein, they're all buddy buddies. Yeah, but dude, do you remember? Like, I just remember what people gave Ben Affleck the most shit for was being in that movie with, um, and I never watched it, but. Uh, it was that movie with when he was engaged to J Lo, called Jigly. Like, I know what like, movie you're talking it, it about. Spelled, it looks like it. it looks like Jiggly. Yeah, I or, know or exactly Giggly. what you're talking about. I never watched it, but it's funny that it exists. And uh, now, now J, J Lo's like with like that singer Mark Anthony or something. I think like they broke up like a whole like several years ago. 
And that made you remember the South Park episode? I was just thinking of it. Uncle Flavored Keys. Too funny, dude. Oh, dude it comes on too. TV. That's funny. one thing I like about having TV is I can watch South Park. Like that's all they play on. Comedy dude, Central. I want to say all Hulu day. has all of the episodes. Like I, I just like it's kind of like the the Simpsons. Like I, I watched the Simpsons for, Simpsons for like two or three years. Like when I was like a teenager Even kid. When I was a kid, I never liked the Simpsons. I got into it for a while, but it's like. Then, like, you realize it's just, like, um, so, some bands that, like, I get into and, like, why it took me, like, a long time to really start getting super into Panic is, like, I started liking them, like, way into their career. So, like, there's just this, like, vast catalog of content to consume. And, like, I feel that way, like, because, like, I watched South Park from the time the movie came out. Like, all the way through, out of high school, and then, like, a little bit after high school, and then stopped. And we're talking, like, that's, like, another 10 years. seasons, yeah, that's bro. That's another 10 years, yeah. Whoa. I mean, I, like, in what, they're on, like, season 21 or something. I was, like, coming up on 23. Like, they just had a new season come out. But it's different from Family Guy and American Dad because they, like, they're literally like writing the episode up to the day it airs so shit that was on tv like the day before like they're talking about it you know they've like got it integrated in the episode so yeah. they can be like right on like today as in versus other cartoons they'll be like a couple months behind you know what i mean so it's different that way because other cartoon people they you know they have time to prepare have you ever seen the South Park documentary that shows them how they make episodes? No, but I you do. I have that. followed with how they're like right on top of current events. Yeah. It, even like, and I was picking up on that back in the day, like, and it wasn't just as like, oh yeah, coincidentally, Lord of the Rings is out in, in theaters and you have an episode about it at the same exact time or whatever. No, like they, they, they really did. Until the day, like they're handing it to the people like that morning. Well, that's like, I mean, Really? And that's why hard. I like uh, the idea of... Um, Coming up with a new show every week for 20-something years. And that's why I think they do that. It's because they just feed off of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You, that's the content is like the, the current... It's, it's, that, that's like, it's like a podcast. It's like your current, your current commentary on current events and then just conversations about past events and, uh, and theories about future events. And they do it well. They translate it into their world really, really good. They've got Mr. Garrison as president right now, kind of imitating Donald Trump, and it's fucking hilarious. I'm losing my yes. mind. Yes, I, I've got to yeah, check that out. It's got Caitlyn Jenner in it, or what's what's the dude's name, Bruce Jenner? Is it Caitlyn Jenner now or whatever? You know he ran somebody over and killed somebody, right? Yes, and, I did okay, hear that. Okay, so in South Park, he every scene he's in, he's running people over. Okay, dude, like, you know, it's like, what, what, you know, what's crazy. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that have been called out in either family guy or South park, like, um, that, that came out that it was like a real thing. Like, uh, what I want to say, wasn't it family guy that was commentating on the Kevin Spacey situation? Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, like a long time ago. Like several different things like that. Like they were they were commentating on the Bill Cosby uh, yeah, thing like, like way inside, before. There's a lot of inside Hollywood things where people just kind of knew that. 
And and that is what, like, I mean, people need to give Seth MacFarlane more credit if he's bringing awareness to those things, like, years before you and I are hearing about him on Facebook and stuff. It's crazy. Man. Years. I mean, Bill Cosby comes from that time where they were probably just, everybody was doing that. I mean, you got to think about. Like, yeah, I, I, Joe Rogan people. the other day said they, uh, back in the day, that was called slipping someone a Mickey. Yeah. So you got to think about what kind of wild shit they did back in, like, the Charlie Chaplin days. When people were famous and men had a lot of power and money and access to drugs like that. And women had no say in this world. That is wild to me. Yeah, that's that's a thing. It's like you, you have to uh you have to kinda look at the um the gender side as being more vulnerable, not because of like weakness or in uh, inferiority in any way, like of like some of the the, the arguments people would make about like why, why women are different than than men but just like the thing of like for how many thousands of years women had no voting rights like no, like it's just in america you gotta think it's still like that in fucking other countries right now like house cats right here women are down here you know what i mean yeah, i know dude it's it's wild like i was watching a documentary on Boston about how uh i can't remember where it was over over like around Iran or somewhere like uh, when the chicks got married if the husband or the family didn't like the dowry that the bride side of the family would give them they'd like soak the wife in acid and shit dude I've I, I need to study more about Middle Eastern cultures Super like one class I never took in college that I wanted to take was um, intro to world religions but I took philosophy religion that was a really good class but like i was i was really close to getting a religious studies minor and intro to world religions would have got to cover a lot of things i, I would wanted to get more into like hinduism and just things i never i never got a chance to learn about hinduism some wild shit yeah you know i got to i wrote a lot about J, uh, japan in my master's thesis uh for martial arts and it uh i got to just i I read a lot about confucianism and about shinto like and then like early kind of those being like early roots to buddhism and how like how buddhism came into japan it, it was it was fascinating but that's like it's always been an interest but i never really um got a chance to like look into a lot of like middle eastern history other than um what is the first major religion? Would that be what the Sumerians worshipped? Um, that um, that would be some of the earliest recorded um, mentions, and that was not like a they were not a monotheistic society. Which even in the um, the Bible it mentions um, about. Uh, I guess it was Abraham resided in Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans. So, like, that is, um, they just recently, uh, this past year, 2017, found some sort of cube or something or a block of some kind that had, um, like, maybe as advanced trigonometry as we just kind of came up with or more advanced than we know how to interpret on that and that's like i think seven thousand years ago if not five thousand i like 
I'm just not like <clears throat> I put really a lot of my eggs like academically speaking in the United States history since the Civil War. But I've rounded out everything, but there's just like a whole lot of things like I can't really I don't want to get into like talking about them in depth on the air because I don't want to make a mistake in terms of what I'm saying. But <clears throat> the that's something also I've done a lot of research on like when I was in um getting my bachelor's degree, I did a special problems like a whole like research class on trying to link the pharaoh mentioned in the bible to the new kingdom egyptian pharaoh timeline because it does not name any of the pharaohs mentioned in the entire old testament by exact name and why is that because it was moses well there are some theories about that so, and then there's some theories. So like, you're, like what got me thinking about that was you asked about like um, some of the first religions. So um, my theory is this, and, and it's got a lot of holes in it, but there was a pharaoh named Akhenaten. And an onk is like that cross with like the circle on top. It was like onk, onk, A-N-K-H. So, and then Aten was the sun god. Yeah. So, Akhenaten was like this, this like a like a an Egyptian symbol of the priesthood or something like that. And then like this um, kid's mom, which was like a one of the pharaoh, um, like one of the princesses of, of one of the pharaohs or something. Uh, and it was, uh, I believe, Amenhotep was the, the pharaoh, like Amenhotep third. So he has this kid, um, and she just, like, floats around all the time in the water gardens or whatever and worships the sun god. And he grows up, and he changes his name to Akhenaten instead of um, Amenhotep. And he changed. This was, if I'm not mistaken... King Tut's dad is who I'm talking about because the thing is, is King, I believe it was King Tut had all this pressure to restore the religion back from the priesthood. So like Akhenaten changed the religion of the Egyptians to this monotheistic religion. And he wrote this thing that was super close, almost word for word with a Psalm in the Bible. Like, he had this poem that he wrote. And, like, he, like, was into a religion that looked just like, on paper, the religion of the Israelites. So, Which is uh, Judaism, just, right? Yeah. It, it just, like, let's just say, like, Ur was not a monotheistic religious society. They had multiple gods. Like, tons. And they tried to wipe that dude off the face of... Uh... Yeah, oh yeah, which was not, which was actually not uncommon. Defiled like, all of it, his yeah, in any time a new pharaoh came in, and not any time, but several times. So, like, there was a, the one of the first ancient rulers, uh, rulers in the ancient world, <clears throat> was um, this lady uh, named Hatshepsut. She was in ancient Hot Egypt. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hatshepsut. Okay. Shep Shet. S-H-E-T or I think it's S-H-E-P-S-U-T. That legit sounds like hot shit soup. 
<laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it, crazy, crazy name, but she's like one of the first female rulers. And I think there was another ruler um, in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, um, that was just ancient history, uh, like earliest recorded females and that's to ever do anything. And was she ruled as a regent? Because like when the pharaoh died, like there was an heir, but he was like too young to rule. So like, um, f for example, Ned Stark was trying to be the regent for right. Joffrey and right. in, in Game of Thrones. Well, really for uh, what's his name, the son of Robert. What's his name? So you think Ned was going to back that? You think he was going to... Yes, because he didn't put Joffrey on the piece of paper. He said until the right... Yeah, which... Comes, but apparently Robert Baratheon had all these snooping bastards, around right? For. I mean, he went down to the uh, Steel Alley and, uh, you know, talked to him. And he could see it in him when he met him. When Ned met him. He's like, when you get tired of making this and you want to swing it, come see me. Yeah. But so here, well, here's the other thing is like, um, I think Ned found like multiple bastards of Robert. So like the other baby in like, uh, Peter Baelish's brothel or oh, whatever that they killed. There was a shit ton of them. So who's to say, oh, I guess that was probably the oldest one they knew about. Yeah. There was, what tons was his of name them. again? I um, can't remember, man. Dang. How are we spaced on that? He was just, he was just back like super hard in season seven. Uh, I don't know. um, uh, Leave him spacing on that, because he was Arya's friend in the forest on the way to the wall. Embarrassing. So, in season eight, you feel like Bran is gonna warg into a dragon at the Battle of Winterfell. Gendry. Gendry, duh. Gendry. Well, because I think he like goes by a different name. He uh, in season seven, name, right? Uh, tells him to, and he's like, "Don't tell anybody your name." And they pull him up, and when he meets John Snow, he's <laughs> like, I'm Gendry Baratheon. <laughs> yeah, my Robert's a bastard. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Seaworth. Uh, what's his name? The Sir Davos Seaworth. Yeah, Sir Davos. Yeah, he's just like, well, so much for hiding who you are. What do you think about? What's going to unfold with the whole John and Danny thing? Like, I feel like they're going to travel, like, back. They're going to fall back to Winterfell. They're, I mean, yeah, they're heading for And she's Winterfell pregnant. Right now. And That's also, he's going to stiffer Maybe. because he found out that. At first, he might. He's going to be uneasy about it. You know, it should have been a dead giveaway that he was a Targaryen and from the beginning because all the Starks have straight hair. All the Targaryens Well, have here's curly, another thing, though. If they're going to go off the hair thing, all the Targaryens have blonde hair. Is that yeah, not right? But Stark's sister is dark-headed, so he took off Is that trait, like, like and uh, is that uh, trait passed on from the mother? Uh, yeah. You hair get color? Your, you get your, I think you get your hair genes from your mother's side of the family. Hmm. I definitely did, for sure. Like, me and my uncles have the same hair. Or a couple of my uncles, like, Michael Joyne has the same hair as me. Like, when he had long hair, he was, like, long and curly, just like mine. Like, identical. You know who's got long, curly hair? Dylan Sparks, bro. Looks like, I keep calling him out. He's, like, kind of, this guy's kind of shaggy right now. He was actually my second guest on Life Unraveled. 
and uh, he starts to look like like a musketeer. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you could that. be in that movie with Charlie Sheen. Does he got his hair long right now? I can't remember. It's getting longer, yeah. But like when we like, I remember when we were in high school and playing the church oh, band yeah. together, well, dude. Like it was like, dude. But it's like it, it, it since he's been back rolling, like his he hasn't got his haircut. It's getting longer, and like his when his beard's out too. It's just like dude. I wouldn't recognize him without his beard. Like, well, uh, oh, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I've seen pictures of him without his beard. Dude, and, I got to yeah. show you this bitch, picture of, like, uh, that one of the people from the gym turned us on to that is, uh, it, it's this actor that looks exactly like Dylan. It's crazy, bro. And, um, cause everybody shares that picture of me and texts me that picture is like Jack Courtney, who's in like, the very last Die Hard movie, and he's in the Divergent movies. Do you know who I'm talking about? Is it that dude that you send me the picture of that you kind of look like? Yeah. From the superhero movies or whatever. He's yeah, in he was in that, that Suicide Squad or whatever. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, if you shave this right here, yeah, dude, you that, look so identical. That's my doppelganger. Well, this dude on this show, it's called like uh, Black Orphan. I haven't watched it yet. But, I mean, dude, it, it looks exactly like him. Like, Dylan's sister and his wife were, like, freaked out by it. That's wild, man. Yeah, it is cool. It, because, like, I guess, like, we just live in a time where, like, I, you know, I've heard my whole life that people have, like, the, like this, con well, I mean, like, this concept of doppelgangers exist. Oh, but now we live several. in a time where it's just, like, you can access that information, like, almost immediately. Like, imagine 20 years ago, which I guess is a game, have the game, of, when, when did the Game of Thrones book come out? I think the 80s. Yeah, that's so, like, yeah, I was, I, I thought I was safer than that one does. So, like, 20 years ago. That's longer than 20 years ago in the 80s. You, you're ago. not going to be able to access. You're going to have to read to page 842. <laughs> and I'm not saying like I read. I, dude, I've spent, I've spent probably five hours reading this weekend. Like, but <sighs> it, I, it, that, I mean, just between like articles and this book I'm reading, The Year the Dream Died and um I just, I, and I took a lot of notes. I did a lot of writing, but man, I don't know. I just feel like audio books, listening to podcasts, reading articles, and then like pulling from like real particular sources from a book. But I'm almost always going to go to see if there's an audio book available and listen to that to and from the gym or listen to it when I'm back here, like doing something else. You know, like that's when I consume that information. Or I've even several times, like on like a Game of Thrones audiobook and stuff, like gone to sleep listening to the, to that. It's like there's so many audiobooks on YouTube, dude. Like uh, so many books that have uh, like I've I've heard recommended on other podcasts or on on Joe Rogan or whatever. You can almost always go to YouTube and find an audiobook. Oh yeah, probably millions. We should go to YouTube after the podcast and listen to um, Andy read The Great Gatsby. <laughs> or The Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. The Great Gatsby. Like, they just read the whole, the whole yeah. book on yeah. stage for like three hours yeah. or something. Did you watch that Jim and Andy uh, show on Netflix? Uh-uh. Oh, it's good, dude. You should check it out. It's a documentary about Jim Carrey staying in character 
for while filming eight, Man in the Moon. Man in the Moon, yeah, yeah. Do you think that dude was? Um, He'd still be alive. Yeah, a lot of people think that he is. Like it's me. insane. Like the guy that played um, what is one character uh, Zamunda was uh, the guy that he played. Um, who was the crazy kind of like pimp character that smoked a cigar and he had the, you know, so he was the foreign man. So he had that. Thank you very much. And um, then he had this other character that was like a slight nightclub owner. Or yeah. something. And then, then he dressed up in costume or in makeup and everything. It was a stand up like Tony Clifton or something. No, like that's that. yeah. That's the guy Tony Clifton. Yeah. He's like the super. Uh, yeah. You can put this big nose on. Fucking stand up dude is who he is. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, rumor is, is that dude faked his own death. Mm-hmm. That's another fascinating concept to me. Speaking of Ned Stark still being alive is people to fake their own death or, if, or, or the concept of cheating well, your own death. Lord Varys got him out of jail and helped him just like he did with, uh, so, I mean, how Tyrion, 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 son of Tywin. Yeah. Son of Tywin, um, yeah. I wonder how many years have passed in the game of Thrones universe hmm. since like when we're talking about since Ned Ned Stark's head is on the chopping block well I mean you gotta think they, they haven't aged the characters too much you think they they would do makeup and stuff to him to yeah Arya looks a lot older I'm gonna say dude she doesn't look any older Exactly the same all the way. She probably looks exactly the same right now. From the time they were little kids. They just stay. They just look like that. Bran is the one that has grown up the most. If you look at him now. Yeah, for sure. Because like on the scenes where he's like standing up and stuff, like when he's Worgen. Before uh, they killed his other brother. uh, Before Lord Bolton. Or not Lord Bolton, his bastard son. Ramsey. Ramsey. I'm so glad him. that dude's not in the show anymore. Like, you no, know, I wish they would have kept him alive to like torture him and do other shit with him. But I don't know. I kind of enjoyed him being in the show. They give the show like a freak villain. Yeah. Like, well, because like it was nice when Joffrey was gone that you had Ramsey to think yeah. about, and now that Ramsey's gone, so okay. So what do you think? What is your on Greyjoy going to be doing in season eight? Oh, he's definitely, you know, fighting for Cersei. Fighting for the throne, mainly. So, and he's going to hook up with Cersei. He's going to try to. I think they're going to... I think that... I think... Did they already hook up? No. Not until... Dude, I... Windsor the war. I feel like that's definitely happened. If Jamie is leaving King's Landing, you know that's happened. And here's... Banging Brianna. uh, Brianna Tarth. Here's another reason why you should get in to watch Star Wars. This is like... Which I guess she probably died in this one. But there's this badass, like, silver stormtrooper in the last two Star Wars movies. And it's Brianna Tarth. It's the actress that plays her. I don't know her name. Yeah. But um, I think that Jamie and Brianna Tarth are going to hook up. And, like, he's riding back towards that way. And he's going to end up fighting the Battle of Winterfell or, like, commanding oh, yeah. the Battle, Battle of Winterfell. Winterfell. So, yeah, I feel like he's going to. So. Which what, is where what, she is. What what 
role are Cersei and um, her armies and Euron Greyjoy going to play in season eight? And in what episode out of the six do you think that there will be a battle for Winterfell? Is it going to be like episode five and then episode six is going to be him resetting mm -hmm. everything back to good? I think they jump right into the battle episode one, two. And Cersei's army won't do anything until they all have to fall back from the north and they all go south and that army follows them. Hmm. Cersei won't go anywhere until the war comes to her. Which it will. What do you think Dorne's what do you think's gonna happen with Dorne? That's hard you know, it's hard to say. I don't think it'll it'll really get that far. You know, because but, but, but they, they are they kinda so like ocean. Euron still has they could cross the ocean at the end of season eight and be like, well, we got away from the So, like, ocean Euron creek. was sail sailing to get um, the soldiers of Bravos, I think. Yeah. So, I wonder what that's going to be like. You know, if they do go over to uh, Essos or whatever, you know, that puts an ocean or whatever, you know, sea between them and the Wild Walkers. So, that could give you, like, season nine right there you know what's gonna happen with um samuel tarley uh you know he, he'll probably die <laughs> damn uh, he'll he'll outlive pod he'll be one of so the you last. think prod and braun or, or pod and braun are going to be some of the first to die or any and possibly brianna brianna is, it, maybe... is it brianne brianna brianna or brianna brianna of toth is it Toth or Koth? Because on Karth is that one episode uh, in the desert, or a few episodes or whatever, where Danny goes there and the crazy right. dudes trying to hook up with her. Um, let's see. Um, I think it's Tarth, T A R T H, Tarth, Brienne of Tarth. But I, I'm not. I, it could be Brianna. I can't remember. I can I honestly like. I could hear it being both in my head. But she's. Like, I mean, dude, she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. That's uh, so. Um, what do you think happened in that last episode with um our watcher on the wall friend Tormund? Oh, they'll make it back to Winterfell for sure. They didn't show them dying, so they're definitely still alive. They're not gonna do that to a dude like that. They're not gonna show him not getting killed. You know, if he's gonna die, they're gonna so show was it, his was death. the hound there at the wall? No, remember he took the White Walker down to. Uh, King's Landing. Duh. Yeah, I was trying to think of where he was in that but last where he episode. Went. Who knows where he went after that? He could. He's got to be going to Winterfell. Maybe. Like him and the Mountain are gonna fight. What do you think's gonna happen with that? He'll kill the Mountain. He might even like slit his throat or Dude, something. Dude, the Mountain's this crazy cyborg freak of a zombie, like straight up. Like Frankenstein what style. He? He's Frankenstein. Bro. Gold Knight Frankenstein GOT. What's the name of the the maester? Or he's not a maester no more. Kydel? Kyburn. Kyburn. Yeah. That guy. That dude's where it's at, yeah. He'll be he'll be one of the first to die when the war makes it down to where he's at. So, what do you think of these mic stands real quick? 
I do like him. I like how you can so, adjust him. Yeah. Like, so, like, I, I like pretty much, like, I, I got cleaning up on mine and, like, moving it around. But, like, I almost went with, like, the clip-on boom swing arms. And I may do that. I actually just ordered another one of these. But these are these are really nice. I'm going to get some, some shot mounts for them. But these are actually um, kick drum mic stands for, like, a, like a, a bass drum on a drum kit. So it's a boom. So you can you can adjust this uh, the clip pretty easily. You can swing it forward and backward pretty easily, but um, it's really easy too to um, get too far away from it, and then it's like it's weird. Like the first spot, that's like I'm trying to get this issue fixed with the with the audio feed from the video, which it wouldn't matter while we're doing this. But I actually am also trying to get a complete so I can just be on the Mac pulling stuff up, throwing it on the TV, or doing that from my phone or whatever. Um, but I've had to like end of, like get the audio from the camera to a different source on the mixer than I was previously trying with the AV input there, and then separate out the TV because the audio from that I was getting from the TV into the headphones it doesn't record it, but it's just kind of like it just it doesn't sound as quality. But um, I ordered some cables that are going to be here on Thursday. I'm just going to fix all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Like, I'm going to be able to essentially put the audio, because um, what I want is for the, this audio to, to record on to the camera, the audio from our mics. Right. That's like, I, I said this on, well, I think um, if I guess when Dylan and I were, were, um, were talking about, um, that's like been one of the coolest parts is like figuring out how to do this stuff it's like right now like i really like being able to do this in garage band but i'm probably going to get like where i record on a totally separate device like over there mm -hmm. i might keep it on the table but i kind of like having everything sitting over there that's where i put the camera when we film it's nice like that's one of the shots i can do three different shots but i'm going to add the leaf in the table too that's going to lengthen things out plus i'm about to do Dude, you should come be on the podcast Friday with Booty, man. 2017 concert breakdown. Music unraveled. If I don't work, I might. Yeah, I think if we're probably going to do like 2 o'clock or something. If you're only doing it during the day. I'm yeah, for it, and I'm it's like the day after he's going to that Todd Snyder concert. That's wild. Yeah. That dude goes all over. Dude, I know, bro. If it's like Tulsa, Springfield, I want to say he's even gone to Kansas City for a few shows like yourself. It's not, dude, it's a, dude, Kansas City is an easy drive. I, I feel like if I was going to go to Kansas City, I would just go to Dallas from where we're at. I feel like Dallas is a closer drive than Kansas City. Hmm. Possibly. I mean, Kansas City is like. We're, right so we're at, in central Arkansas. So. Right like because you got to go through. Six hours. Cause like where you're at, we got to go through Oklahoma to get to Dallas. So it's like go through that Oklahoma. See, then, I hate Oklahoma. Dude, I hate driving to Oklahoma. I hate Oklahoma and I hate Texas. I, I don't mind Missouri though. Like Missouri's pretty chill. And man, it's just a straight drive. Uh, Five forty. Oh, I guess it's forty nine now. Dude, it's just a, it's a straight drive there. It's like you literally hit an exit and you're you're there. So take one exit and you're in the town. In my mind, Daenerys is pregnant right now. Oh, definitely more than likely. I mean, but that hasn't been revealed. Is that correct? 
I mean, like, she's definitely got knocked up from that one encounter. Isn't it funny how she's, it works that way? That witch says she'll never have children again until the Oops. sun rises in the west and sets in the east. So, which is, if you think about it, that's going back in time, which the Night King will cause to happen when he wards into Bran's mind. He'll cause time to go back. And the sun will rise in the west and set in the east for. A, so a the while. theory is, is like um, you you've gone over into this, I believe, one time about how Bran was the one who turned the Mad King mad. Yeah, whispered, got him. He warred supposedly like three times trying to go back in time and fix the White Walker problem. One with the Mad King. One with like being Bran the Builder, building the wall, and then uh, supposedly the third time he goes just wards into the Night King and he becomes the Night King because he stays in too long trying to fix a problem. That's what I'm fascinated about. Like, and you, so you think that eventually, like, what you're going like talking about the Star Wars model of like giving us more things to consume. Because they did that with, to me with Breaking Bad. Like, I watched all five seasons of Breaking Bad. I'm yeah, super and into they it. they did the lawyer show. And I started, yeah, which I'm super into. Call. And, I like, I'm doing a whole segment on that. So, like, I mean, it's, uh, that's why, like, I'm just like, I got to have, like, I got to be able to talk about these TV shows over <laughs> here. And I got to be able to talk about this history stuff over here. And then the music side, dude, I can't. Well, and you have the MMA side of it, too. Oh, I know. So, like, here, like, what's your take on this? So, like, I'm actually going to do on Saturday with Josh Wendell. Um, he's a guy that's been training. Um, he's been training with me. He just moved here from Georgia and, like, but has never seen or heard Panic. I kind of turned him on to panic. I know, dude. Dude, you told me about panic. Like, I know. But I just how like what well, it's like t- 2013. I cannot believe. I saw, told this somebody this today. I'm like, how? How did I not know who these guys were until 2013 or 2014 I mean, dude, or whatever? It was like 2008 or something like that for me. I mean, I kind of did. I went to the first Wakarusa and did not watch them play. Whoa. Like, I didn't, I knew uh, of them going into the first time I went to Waka, but after I seen them the first time in Waka. Well, and too, so like, I, I, my theory on that is because when Mikey Hauser died in 2002, that they lost a lot of steam. More that than they were likely. Like at, that they were probably at a, near the zenith point they are now then. They're, and they even had a whole level. other guitar player mm-hmm. I think between them and Jimmy Herring. I think they've had from, two and that was 02 to 06. So, like, when we would have, we saw him in 2013, Jimmy Herring's been with him four or five years, I guess. And, but now, and like, it, just like I was telling somebody earlier how unique it is that they've absorbed in like all that stuff into their catalog from like the Vic Chestnut and then the band that, because they have some that just Vic Chestnut songs mm-hmm. that they cover. And then they have some from Brute. So, like, Sewing Machine and um, what's the other one? Um, if you wouldn't ask me out of a protein drink. Protein drink, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm just going to say, and we should, dude, because, like, you should really try and come on Friday because we can talk about every concert we went to in 2017. I can't That's, even think of all the concerts. Dude, Booty's already got a list, bro. Like, and think of it, like, what concerts did you go to that I wasn't with you? Other than, like, the... F- First time I went to Roger Waters, and then the first time you exactly, went to and Roger I went to Roger Waters, Waters, and then I went to. Listen, man, I don't know, 
<laughs> I mean, I hate to bring that up twice in one day, but I went to Memphis in May and saw a panic there and, but we could break down every concert we went to. And Booty went to a whole bunch of concerts that we didn't get to go to, like Gary oh, Cart Jr. Went and shit. To all kinds of other Dude, uh, have you listened to Gary Cart Jr. on Joe Rogan? Like I just caught, I just noticed that he was on there in like the 800s episodes, or maybe it's 500s, but like I just checked it out the other day, man. So was Gary Clark Jr. in Mexico? Did he fucking play a set with Panic? I don't think so. That was Ivan Neville. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would have been sick, though. Like, um, that's how I want to say I heard about him is because Joe Rogan was playing a clip of him playing. Okay, so the Ivan Neville dude, I think he's played Walk a couple times with his uh, Ivan Neville. Ivan, uh, how do you say it? Yeah, Ivan the Neville? Neville family is like a big well, family. Okay, that, okay, so yeah, they've got the Ivan Neville's uh, dumpster fund. Yeah. Okay, so I think that that could be him or I guess part of his family. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's. Um, who else played with the Playa All Stars? It was Ivan Neville and then uh, Carl Denson. Right, that's done with the floozies. You you know that song? I, yeah. I think he did that song with the floozies. She ain't your girlfriend. So, yeah. See, I'm wanting to do like anytime I go to a show, and like Booty's gonna bring um, the set list from the Invisible Whip, bro. Is that him, Ivan Neville? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Ivan. He was the guy Dumpster playing Funk. the keyboard. Okay, so yeah, he's played Walker several times. Dumpster Funk is his band. Dude, Ivan Neville's Dumpster Funk. Bro. When Panic played, Use Me Up. That was that was like my That's one favorite, of my favorite bro. Covers, and then bro. Red Hot Mama. Oh man, that was so special. I bro. know. We're not even gonna talk about the first night. Bro, Cora's gonna make that we can't mention any of but, that. Goddamn. But Cora's gonna make me go to Disney World. And I, it's not that I don't want to go to Disney well, World, to this, okay? Check this I just out. have it's to not say that, that I don't want you to go to Disney World either. Or not that I would even want. But the only thing I want to do is see widespread panic play music. Okay, and that's fine. And that's what you should be doing. It's because they're going to be dead soon. But you know what? Disney World's always going to be there. And I plan on going there too. Eventually. But while I and while me and Allie are capable... And they're doing it. We're going to continue to go. And like, it's kind of like my health insurance too. It's like every year it gets more expensive. I know it sucks. You know, like I started, I started noticing that. Like think about like since like 2013, 2014, when we saw them at Rogers that they have, um, now it's like, Oh yeah, well, we're going to be playing for three days. And, um, you're going to come to all three and that's going to be somewhat of a decent deal at about $500. And oh, you only want to come for one night. That's going to be like a hundred just to get widespread for one night. It's $500,000. Yeah. Birds couldn't afford it. They tried. There's like, fuck, we can't do that. They have to throw a couple of little smaller festivals. I was like, you need to, you need to step your game up. Quit having all these little shit festivals like Swag Fest, where you're only bringing in cover bands. It's like, so you want to fucking throw a big festival like that? You're gonna have to throw some decent ones before that to raise the money. Five hundred G's for just one night. That's insane, but that's you know, insane money, bro. Like, split it up that. Between. What's great too is Panic is their. They're their own business, their own industry. Like, that's like what, like, every musician I've kind of heard talk about 
that side of things in the last five years on a, on any forum is like that, like take like a Maynard or somebody that's like 20 years into their career. They had to buy all their music, bro. Yeah. From the record label. Mm -hmm. But that's when they go and start their own. Yeah. And that's what Penny did. Like, and they did this, like it's never been any other way since Jimmy Harry's been in the band Mm -hmm. as far as I know. So that's man. I just, you know, We'll go to Disney World eventually. And, you know, that might be something we do as well. But I definitely, if all is lined up and right, we'll be going to Mexico that third time. Guaranteed. So we got to convince Cora that Disneyland is a good thing and that we can do both. See, you're not going to get that from her. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> Frugal, bro. I know, dude. I I don't know. Um, she's like, she's not wanting to go to Vegas this year either. I've been I've been like I've been to Vegas. I guess the last six years. Like, there's one year I didn't go, but um, always massively beneficial when I go there. I mean, uh, they're old, man. I know, you dude. Know, John Bell's like what sixty? See, and that he's like the last. When John Bell's gone, it's it's over. You know what I mean? Like it was Hauser and John. You know, schools, yeah, he slaps the vase. And, and you know, like, I was super, like, early on, like, the first couple of years I was into Panic, was like, oh. Like, really, even all the way until we saw him at, um, in Mexico, uh, I was just like, oh, Mikey Hauser. Oh, I wish he was still alive. And, dude, after Memphis in I mean, May this year, alive, dude, I'm just like Mikey who, because Jimmy Herring melts my universe, bro. Like I tell the story to everybody. Like the, it was like, it was the typical panic show. Like Jimmy Herring's playing, they're playing machine and, um, no, no. What's that one they play with machine all the time. They they always do it back to back. They do an instrumental and machine, or machine is the instrumental, and it, it's the same one that they, they played at Rogers. It's on their YouTube. Are you talking about selling machine? No, 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 no. Um, just machine. You know that that instrumental they have. It's just machine. I don't have to hear it. Dude, I'm gonna pull it up. Up their set list from uh, New Year's Night down in their hometown. I need to check out. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's, um, yeah, dude, we need a land nugs net as a sponsor of the podcast so we can start a bunch of live streaming websites. I looked into it and I don't know. We need one of them to sponsor the podcast so we we can just use their service and talk about how awesome they are for letting us use their service on the podcast, bro. This is how the world works. Um, okay, widespread panic. Okay, Fox Atlanta uh, Theater in Georgia. Okay, they open up with uh, Machine and Barstools. Oh yeah, yeah, and Dreamers, Barstools, and Dreamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, dude. So Damn. They, they always do those. So, so like, so check this out. So we're at Memphis in May, and Jimmy Herring is just grading faces on his guitar, like, like jeez. <sighs> It was it was glorious and like, dude. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm already in the fourth dimension with what he is doing. I'm just like, dude. It, it can't get any harder or better than what is going into my ear hole. And like, dude, he he just kicked it in another gear. Like it's like like went to light speed or something. Like it was like 
Yeah, I know you thought. I seriously never have I ever been this blown away at a concert, but he just like hit a whole other level on this note of this solo and like took it up a notch and I was like what? And I was just like started I just was like laughing about it and like two or three other people around me were like we know oh my god. I mean it was just like dude we were like literally like like four total people counting myself were just losing it over him just just soloing dude i mean who uh, i mean like people like dylan i guess doesn't like maybe know a bunch about jimmy herring but i'm like i'm always like dude's top five living guitar players definitely top five definitely in the top 10 for sure for sure dude i mean easily top 10 but it's like who else is playing and putting out things and doing what he is doing right now is an artist that is alive you know, uh, it's hard to say. Cla- what's Clapton doing? I mean, he's not doing anything. What has he done in think. the last 10 years? Well, Other than he did like, like a light little reunion with Cream, is that the correct? Think, and yeah, within I the last 10 he's years. He's done a bunch of touring, but there, I, don't, I don't know if he's still writing. Exactly. You know, and but like Jimmy Herring's like, hey, I wrote a solo album this year and I'm also playing with this other guy who wrote a solo album that's a friend of mine and he needs a guitar player, so I'm gonna do this thing with him and then I'm playing so with do Panic. You, do you wanna hear the set list from their New Year's Eve night? Yes. Okay, so the first set was with J B uh on acoustic. It's let's get down to business. Who do you belong to? Can't get high, driving some uh Jameis Vu, The World Has Changed with the driving song reprise reprise? Reprise, yeah. Yeah. Time waits wandering. Okay, into the first set. And then they open up set two with disco. Then into fish Dude, water. Disco is one of my favorite panics. Then into tie your shoes. Then into sleepy monkey. Okay, then they hit chili water and ribs and whiskey. Oh, chili water. Then pigeons. Out. Okay, then they take a break. Set three. Uh, they do basically frighten, which is a Colonel Bruce Hampton cover. First in February of 2011. And then they did Yield Not to Temptation, which is a Bobby Blue Band cover. That was a live debut by them. they have any guests on the third night? Uh, I don't see any yet. They did I'm So Glad, Ain't Life Grand, Surprise Valley, Greta, Drums, Honeybee, Traveling Light, Last Dance. And then their encore was Expiration Date, which is a brute cover uh, postcard. Then they closed with Porch Song. Interesting, dude. That's twenty-seven songs. They didn't. They didn't play a lot of songs that I love to hear them play. That's super interesting. Well, I mean, they kind of. I mean, for me, they did traveling lot. I love hearing them play that. I love hearing them play Greta, Surprise Valley, Ain't Life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, Uh, but like, so like they didn't play Barstools or Dreamers, uh, Um, Whiskey, Chili Water. Okay, Fish Water is one of my favorite songs. No, Ride Me High. Uh, no, just can't get high. Uh, um, uh, let's get down to business. That's a good song. Climb to safety. No, no climb to, to safety. safety, dude. That's probably my favorite Panic song. It's definitely top three. They did a two night set. Okay, that was that was New Year's. Here's uh, December thirtieth. One they opened with One Arm Steve. Oh, dude. Henry Parsons. I've been died. super into One Arm Steve. C Brown, Bears Gone Fishing, Hatfield, uh, Papa Johnny Road, Space Wrangler, Dear Mister Fantasy, Mister Soul, Papa Legba. 
Dude, now that is my set list, bro. Like that's the song, that's Junior, the Panic concert I want to go to. Steven's Cat, Tall Boy, Pusher Man. Oh, they did Curtis Mayfield's cover of Pusher Man. That's sick. Oh, man, they uh, man. they did. Uh, oh, Papa's Home. They did Sleeping Man at um, Jack Saint X. Oh, Blue Indian, Sleeping Man, and then Action Man. That Dude, was, both nights were good nights. Those are ridiculous nights. Was act is Action Man a Vic Chestnut cover? Yeah. Oh, they did three nights there. What? Damn. Let's see what the first night was. Okay, the first night's Heaven, which is a good one. Climb to safety. <sighs> the takeout. Rock. Walking for I your love. I want to go to that Panic show, bro. I'm not alone. Jaded tourist. Ride me high. Love tractor. Holding over soul. Good morning, schoolgirl. Oh, which is fucking amazing. Radio child. Barstools and Dreamers, Impossible, Sell, Sell, oh. Good People, Drums, Blight, Blackout Blues, Dream, and they ended with North. That dude, but three nights. Those three nights were fucking ridiculous. Dude, it, well, I love how they never like they never played like when like you you name that first uh, those first uh, sets. It's like I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. I mean, I do, but it's like I guarantee you, I wouldn't have been at that show, but hating any second of it. You no, know what I'm saying? Like, no. but it's just like, oh, they really didn't play. You know, like they only played five songs I wanted to hear in those three sets or whatever. And it's like, but then it's like they have those three sets where it's like all the songs you want to hear. But it, but it's like then you. That's how like seeing them live and then like listening to them live is how I find new songs I want to hear. And there's songs that like I mean, dude, like we're in Mexico. They played like what, like ninety songs, at least four nights of at least twenty songs. There's funny JB on night four was like, we think our friends. Without them, we would have way fewer songs to play. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Because, I mean, think about it. They do have a lot of music, though. But so, they like, just don't have a lot memorized. I wonder how many Panic songs there are if you don't dig into their cover. Because, like, really, if you got to think about it, the Brute stuff and the Vic Chestnut stuff, they kind of inherited in a way. You know, like, especially because of schools. And then, like, I mean, dude, if anything ever happened um, to Todd Snyder, I wonder if they would start covering hardworking American songs. I mean, I mean they probably already do, really. I, I've never heard them play one. I mean, I'm sure they might. They might, but um, that's like, I mean, all the side bands, like, hardworking Americans is just an example of another side band of widespread panic. Like Brute was a side band of widespread panic they, they in the all, in the 90s. They all venture out and do their own thing, that's for sure. And I dig that. And I, that's why I feel like they're only playing these festivals right now. But they may only play festivals in the future. I don't know. I hope not. I hope they go back to just hidden cities for a night or two. Because if they don't, that means goodbye to Arkansas. You know what I mean? Unless they just do like a festival like Walker or something. Well, and I think that I think that because of the amp and, and Rogers and thank goodness we live in the wonderful state that will was you know, responsible for Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, we have this awesome concert venue, Northwest Arkansas, in which Walmart pays to bring awesome bands and I'm going to see Weezer and um the Pixies there with um, a wrestling coach, uh, MacArthur. I'm going to have him on the podcast. Um, we're going to see them in like July. 
Didn't they just play there here a while back? Possibly. I'm pretty sure Weezer just played uh, the amp here just a while back. I think they did. Left like Blink-182 or something, man. I don't know. I can't remember who they played with. Like, Blink-182 doesn't even have the same singer anymore, bro. I know, which is fucking... That's that's, that's bullshit. Because that one dude was really the sound. He he was. And I like him better with, like, his other band, Angels and Airwaves. Both of them together. It was. They had a really good dynamic. And then as a three-piece unit, because that's that's just it. Like, Dylan and I have talked several times about how Chevelle struggles to pull it off, like, live. Like, I saw him live, and I wasn't really that impressed. When I saw him live, they blew me away. Well, like... It could have just been, you know, you've seen them in a shitty time. Because I've seen bands perform shitty. Well, it's hard for a... Like, think about it. Their front man, they need a second guitar player. Like, only because their front man's an awesome singer, but they're a three-piece band. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's bass, guitar, and then the drums, because, like, the same setup as Blink-182, but they don't have a dynamic where the bass player is singing some of the songs. Like, it's all the front man. So, like, on a harder rock band like that, you got to really be... I don't know. I just feel like that's where, like, it's not like they struggle live, but it's like there's times when. Well, he's carrying the band. For yeah, exactly. He has to carry the whole band, the whole show, every show. Um, and I think that that is, um, that's a difficult task to do. And, like, Blink Away 2 had an interesting dynamic where they kind of flip flop back and forth. I think that's an interesting dynamic with the drive by truckers. Probably stupid does that, too. They even not only sw- uh, swap off singing, they swap off playing guitar and slapping bass. Like slapping the bass, one will be slapping the bass, and then they'll trade it off, and one will start playing the guitar, dude. They both can do that. They both can play guitar and bass, and, dude, it's sick. What, Slightly Stupid is one of my favorite bands to see live, dude. Those dudes bring the motherfucking house down every time. Just like, damn. I've got to meet them. The first time I seen them, I got to meet them. They come around the bar met people dude out. that's what i love like they won't about do that going now, to georges now that's where the i first seen them at was at georges and they were after the show they were like come around front and they were just chilling at the bar and shit um before they got huge and then like a year or two after that they got fucking huge and then they're headlining like cannabis or uh, high times cannabis cup over in amsterdam and shit you know headlining it you know people like fucking snoop dogg and shit people you know, super, super famous hive. So they don't come around to the front of the bar and hang out yeah. no more. Well, I feel like I should just cut out this whole last 40 minutes and just make a music unraveled episode about widespread panic. I mean, I am pumped to go see the floozies while you're going to be in Mexico watching widespread panic without me. But, you know, you kind of owe me that because I saw him in Memphis in May and that was one of the sickest sets ever because John Bell was like the embodiment of like, like Johnny Cash or something, bro. Like, I mean, he probably was feeling it was dirty. I mean, you know, dude, fucking panic, bro. I love, some, I love me some watchbird pain. Well, but dude, the, here's the thing. As soon as you get back, you got to come on the podcast. You got to do a music unraveled episode. So like Cora and I did an after the show, which is what we're doing with this, with our, our theories on game of Thrones, which can we're going to wrap up on off a of Wi-Fi where it won't charge me. Cause if I can FaceTime while I'm in Mexico with you, I'll FaceTime. I don't know if since you're going to be out of, uh, out of, um, but here's dude. Okay. So here's the thing, bro. Like, you, you need to start a YouTube, dude. 
Like, Booty has a sick YouTube. Like, every show he goes to. Like, I just realized this. Because you know why? Because I like watching Roger Waters play dogs on YouTube. So, like, what's the first place that you that you and everyone else goes when they want to see a, a badass live version of a song they like? They go to YouTube. And... Like when I go, I go watch Roger Waters play on the tour that you and I saw him at, even at one of the shows of the three shows between you, Kansas City, me and Tulsa, and then us both going to Nashville, even at one of those shows, somebody recording on their shitty iPhone from the nosebleeds and it has like a hundred thousand views. Like, you know what? We, we are stupid for not doing a fight companion the other night because like, <laughs> dude, there's, there's this, this guy that um, is going to be on the podcast uh, and we're going to break down the main card and just rewatch it on fight pass. If you want to come over on Saturday, Day. Um, this dude's really gonna be, card. yeah. I mean, I, I fell asleep for like at least I mean, two of the fights. I, wa- I, I watched really two good. rounds of the Khabib fight, two, two and three. I watched the whole Condit fight. I mean, dude, it was just like champ. dominated. Yeah, nobody beats that dude. Nobody beats Khabib. What about Conor McGregor? Mm-hmm. He's gonna maul him, dude. Yeah, I just thought he, he's a, he's he's a, a little, tank. He's a little Daniel Cormier. He's a little Cain Velasquez. That's yeah, exactly I mean, really, what that same Is that the same spot? Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, that guy's on another level. Yeah, I dig, um, I, I dig watching him fight, and I like, I hope that he keeps his nutrition and stuff together, and we get to see him fight more. Oh yeah, dude, he looked a lot better in this fight than his past fights. He actually like looked cut, not drained out, didn't look like shit, dude. And he beat the shit out of Edson Barboza. They should have stopped the fight, honestly. Yeah, but, you know, Edson was still just whiffing kicks. And um, the third round, I was like, that was a really fast kick, sir, for you still being in the third round and getting your butt stomped. Because it's like, I would say this, like, I felt like Calm got 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 beat handily, but it also wow, wasn't two, like two judges almost scored. The I know, I know, but that I say that more so in like she had, she accrued a lot of damage and she ran straight into Dude, a lot I can't of punches. Wink didn't change that game plan up. Start throwing kicks, but to dude, the ball you know, I just leg. watched that, and which she almost knocked Jermaine to me, Jermaine uh, Durand to me out yeah. with um, that little like a three kick combination, yeah, like all round kicks, and um, but she was kind of doing that same blitz boxing strategy she did with it the whole time. yeah, and but what was happening, I feel like in that fight is she would run into punches. Like, but, but it would be like, she would start a three punch combination and between her first and second punch, Cyborg would counter with like a straight right or something. And that would, but she would still be moving forward in her blitz. And that is like, it caused it to look odd because she would continue to keep punching after she got hit or off balanced by the counter and kind of kept moving forward with her combo, even though like it got totally derailed. It was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, they. Uh, but she she got uh, she accrued a lot of damage, bro. She should have thrown a lot more leg and body kicks. I know. I like in that. Years. I like how she uh, and I can't really remember. That's why I'm gonna rewatch all the all the main card fights on Friday, or at least the Khabib and Holly Holm fight, um, or Saturday rather. But uh, that lead leg uh, sidekick to the front of the thigh. Did mm-hmm. she throw that a lot in the? In 
was. Cyborg fight. Because she, really... she threw that a lot in the Jermaine Durandamy fight, oh, and that's kind of like a, Jackson, a staple Jackson Wink, and that does work out well. I mean, even Connor throws it. She doesn't. Uh, she didn't really throw many kicks in the Cyborg fight. She didn't mix it up that well in the Cyborg fight. She really didn't. Yeah. She really stuck to the boxing more than kickboxing. Yeah, you know, I... She, uh, she shouldn't have done that blitzing shit and kept her distance the whole time. I know I I was I was interested to see that style matchup because I would say that like in the way that I see like stand up striking like I don't see and and I'm like let's just say like I mean I know we're talking MMA but like just in like the the perspectives of like I see Cyborg has like that tie background you know like she's like has that Thai style stand up to me like is yeah. gonna just like whoom, whoom, yeah, like, like big straight, shoot the box big like the single like she, she big nasty shots I know and that Durand <laughs> Jermaine Durandby girl is like that a lot that's why I want to see her fight Cyborg like why why did she rob us of that that's so crazy how are you gonna <laughs> vacate the title that you beat Holly home for and knew that that was the stipulation. Say that after. you're not going to fight Cyborg, and then they strip you of the title, and then Holly Holm fights. She knew she wasn't going to fight her the whole time. She just wanted so to So Shevchenko beat Holly Holm. I haven't seen that fight. Yeah. I got to go back and it's watch really, that fight. It's a real technical fight, but yeah, she does. Like, straight up. Beats her soundly. So do you points her. So I want to have you... I want to do this thing where, like, we pick a fight, or I'm sorry, a fighter, and we we break down, like... Five five fights and like I want to pick people like Michael Bisping that accrued a lot of damage over their career and I want to talk about like how many fights they've had after and just kind of break down like number of TKOs or like I mean because you got to think about Michael Bisping how many times has he been knocked out since Dan Henderson knocked him out? That's not even counting gym fights. Training. I know, I know, and I mean, hopefully, like I would like to think that we live in an era, and accidents and mistakes still do happen, but it's like it's all in the gym too, because like we went like two years or something without a nasty knockout, and we had one in twenty seventeen, and it was like two years of no nasty knockouts before that. Like I'm talking like concussed, like drooling, you know, and it happens, dude. It's like you get kicked in the head. You were going in that direction that they were kicking, and it happens. And I, I tell people, it's like, there's really not a super polite way to kick someone in the head. No. There's no polite way of fighting at all. I mean, even with shin pads and stuff on, it's it's rough. But uh, anyway, so any final thoughts on Game of Thrones Season 8, dude? Like, what, uh, what are we going to yeah. do? I don't know, dude. What's the sorcerer going to do? He's still after Danny. Remember, he was after as the little girl and give her that ball. <laughs> that opened up and that crazy bug come out, try to bite her, and then the girl runs off. That's still the sorcerer, like still after. Her. What are we talking about? The sorcerer, bro. What okay. sorcerer? You know when she goes to the town where they take her dragons into Carth. the tower into Karth okay the black guy and then her main bitch betrays her and gives the dragons to the sorcerer and you think that guy's still around he's still alive and still after Danny for her dragons because as he says the, the dragons make his 
What magic. what do you base that on? Like, why do you think he's still around? What 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 because is alluded to that? Because the fact that? that he followed her after she left to try and kill her. You don't remember that? No. Okay, you don't remember an episode where it shows Danny walking through town and then she catches eye contact with like a, a little girl, and she starts following the little girl, and they go on. And oh on. yeah, so I do remember that, and that was at Karth, but since Karth. Oh, that was at Karth. I thought that was. So didn't the dragons like toast that dude? Supposedly, but you not remember that dude being like three different dudes at one time? Yes. Okay. He's a motherfucking sorcerer, bro. You think water's going to stop that guy? So do you think past that episode, has he been revealed in any way? Mm-mm. But do you think he's still lurking in the shadows? Of course. There's got to be. I want to know what Cersei's up to, dude. Just being a bitch. What's she going to do? And I mean, Doran's going to want go that lady back. What's her name? Aliri. Uh, the. the uh, I can't remember her name. Oberyn's girlfriend. Uh, uh, Oberyn, yeah. Oberyn's. Oberyn, yeah. Oberyn's uh, mistress. Or, yeah, yeah, the leader of the Sand I can't remember her name. But yeah, but you know, she's in a dungeon watching her daughter rot. Yeah. Major bummer. So they that. might get attacked by Doran, and that pushes them north, possibly. Or they'll have to rally and be like, okay, we'll fight with you now, but we need to help. So Doran was backing Danny in season seven. The Tyrells, who are no longer existing, were backing Danny in season seven. Um, she took heavy losses, I feel like, at Casterly Rock. And um, where else? So she's, she's, still got, she's still got a lot of her forces. I feel like they lost a lot of people at Casterly Rock, Casterly Rock because that's where uh, Greyjoy like cornered them or whatever. Anyway, so any 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 final theories on season eight, other than total resets, or what ideas do you have about spinoffs? It's it's hard to pinpoint a spinoff. I think uh, the talk of Robert's Rebellion. I think it's that's not gonna happen. I think you, you really some, that's the one I want to see. Out. No, I don't though because it's just so close to. It's almost like the prequel to what this would be. Like I already know the the ending to what this little era is be. Either like take me further in. You know, and I will history. say this: like how they wrap it up. Will will that that how they write this season if it hasn't already been written and how they wrap it up or how whatever winds of winter turns out to be <coughs> I think that's that opens up the door for all the different possibilities of what they could do in terms of spinoffs and I'm def- definitely going to watch whatever spinoff they come out with I've heard they're even going to end up maybe doing like some like um, maybe even spinoff movies I don't know like full length feature oh, films periodically watch whatever they throw at me yeah, I well, mean, and so have you heard? Like junkie style addicted. Have you heard that season eight's gonna be like, oh, dude, I've been feeling this way. I started at season four. When season four, like, I was wait, I was waiting on it to come on. I can't. I, I'm so glad I didn't start until dude, now you know, oh, because this is terrible. I know, having dude. Having to wait till twenty nine. And it, yeah, I know, dude. That's hard, dude. I remember one time, like, I'm talking like this isn't there in season four. I think, and like, it's like it's like week eight. Or week seven and like for whatever reason 
they did not come out with an episode of Game of Thrones on Sunday night. And I was like, damn it. <sighs> like, dude, I was that deep in at that point. So, like, I like I was joke about it, like, because you didn't have to wait or whatever. But, like, I had to wait, like, between season four and season five. Between season five and season six. Between season six and season seven. And then, like, now I'm waiting, like, a two, two freaking years just so I can see these hour and 30 minute episodes or two hour episodes or whatever they said they're going to be that last episode because it could be up to like three to five years or something unless they're secretly like already like working on shooting which they i guess they could be um like they could be filming shit like if there's a if there's like not an ending at season eight they could be filming shit for season nine right now too so we're gonna have to um we're gonna have to break down where we're where we think season two of Westworld's gonna go in the future time. Not in this time. But The Woman in Black, bro. Uh, bro, we're gonna save that for another podcast. Don't say anything <laughs> else. Don't say anything else. Okay, I already told the audience that you were gonna come and do a um a talk on that, bro. But um we do need to do, like, I want to do some fight breakdowns. I want to do, like, I want to pick a fighter, and I want to break down, like, five of their fights. So, like, I, what, the fights I was wanting to do with Michael Bisping were Dan Henderson, Vitor Belfort, uh, Luke, Rockhold Luke Rockhold. Yeah, so, like, I want to, and I want to take and break down their career and just kind of go over some stats and stuff. But uh, it'd be just, like, a cool opportunity to, to watch fights and and what like we can sit here and commentate and record what we're saying for the podcast and get the audio from the TV and the headphones without recording it. So without the TV being on, picking up in our mics and whatnot. So that like, that's basically, we're going to break down Saturday, Josh and I, I guess Tanya just moved here from Georgia. Uh, we're going to break down the last card. So, and it's crazy how many, um, there's this like podcast I started following today called modern martial artist and um he was just breaking down the the card the main card from home cyborg and and had like thousands of views thousands of listens well, yeah, a bunch of people just want like a quick review like tell me what happened yeah but i mean I've, like it's like i mean he had like i mean like dude we can go an hour and 40 minutes this is the point of the night where you're like bro it's 11 52 all right. Anyway, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So episode two after the show, Game of Thrones season eight theories with uh, geeking moments on widespread panic and um, other things. MMA moments, uh, good times. So uh, right on. Thanks for listening. We'll be talking to you guys soon.